Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week we are doing 2015's Accidental Love. Ooh la la. Um directed by new director alias Stephen Green. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Green was not a person. It was actually directed by David O. Russell, who wanted his name taken off the project. And since Alan Smithy has been used so much that everyone knows what Alan Smithy is, he chose Stephen Green. Honestly, love this drama. Here for this drama. Here for the artistic shame. What a... You know, like artistic <laughs> shade. That's a real thing. Um, uh, this, wow. This, the screenplay is written by several people. David O. Russell slash Stephen Green. Kristen Gore as in Al Gore's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Can we take a moment to just appreciate that? Okay. Wow. Yes. Um, Bless. Dave Jesser and Matt Silverstein, the creators of Comedy Central's cartoon drawn together. I mean, sure. So we got David Let's, O. Russell. Yeah. We got we got Kristen Gore, and we've got the creators of Drawn what Together. What could go wrong, Jordan? Based on Kristen Gore's book called Sammy's Hill. So this is <laughs> this is a. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like. This is great. It makes sense given the very political bent of this movie. <laughs> That's really all that I can try to piece together. <laughs> so this is a movie that was not supposed to be released. Um, David O. Russell is, you know, he's a he's a big time director. His most recent um, movie was well, actually, his most recent like couple of movies have been Jennifer Lawrence Vehicles, so Silver Linings Playbook, American Hustle, and Joy. I've only seen so. Actually, no, I've seen Silver Linings. I've, I forgot all about American Hustle. That's the one. Isn't it funny? Because I feel like that had a lot of buzz. That had a lot of buzz, but then you watch it, and there's Dude. a scene. The best part of American Hustle is when Bradley Cooper beats Louis C.K. with a telephone. Yeah, that's you know that's a scene that aged really well. That's a great scene. It's, it's rare that scenes of violence get better, but that one really got better. That was Bless Bradley Cooper for that. Oh my God, and the phone-shaped bruise on Louis C.K.'s face just, for the rest of the movie. Just, you know, the closest that we'll get to justice at this point. So like... <laughs> You know, the next time you, I feel angry about him performing at some Staten Island, you know, Boys and Girls Club, I'm going to rewatch that scene. That was the movie also that, like, Bradley Cooper really went off the rails. I feel like... Um, Bradley Cooper has been gradually losing his mind. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he's been losing it. Like, <laughs> like I, it's been just like a very, like, it's an ascent, <laughs> one might say. <laughs> he, I mean, you know, I, I, I got to give it to him. Jackson Maine... That that's a man that I am yeah, very strangely attracted together. to. Really wanted to fuck Jackson Maine. We Still saw very that together. Upset about we, it. we drank margaritas afterwards, and I think we all wanted to fuck him. There were like five of us. And yeah, and it was like we wanted to fuck him, and we also wanted to hold him close and make sure that he's okay. Yeah, but we also, you know, felt mad at him at points on behalf of Allie and like what she had to experience. It was yeah. I mean. I like to star as born. I'm I'm part of the the majority there, I guess. Yeah. 
Yeah. So uh, David O. Russell is a weird director because I honestly can't describe the kind of movies that he makes. Like his first movie was, you know, your kind of like run of the mill indie feature, which I don't know, you might do on the podcast sometime um, called Spanking the Monkey. It's like a 1994 thing, you know, back when the back, you know, when the indie movies were it was just bro time all the time. This oh, was yeah. a guy. About, this was a movie about a guy who like is like way too close to his mom i think he actually like fucks his mom i think that that's what happens what? in it <laughs> Wait, i believe spanking the monkey spanking the monkey and a guy fucks his mom i believe that we that have happened. to do this on the podcast because it sounds like such a crime it's one of those like indie movies where like i'm pretty sure there's like if there's no like direct incest it's incest undertones i don't know i haven't seen spanking the monkey in a really long time i barely remember it but i do what if spanking the monkey twitter comes for us <laughs> but it does it does like kind of sit in my mind as um uh the um God, uh, the guy who directed her smell. God, fucking damn it! Um, there was a movie called The Color Wheel, which is like one of the first movies from the guy who directed her smell. Who I, for some reason, am not thinking of his name right now. What is his name? This is so. I'm. It's okay. Let me pull this up. When is <laughs> my phone is not moving fast enough for my brain. That's okay. Uh, Alex Ross Perry. Alex Ross Perry. Yes, Alex Ross Perry. The Color Wheel is a movie which we could technically also do on the podcast, unless we we, so, we would also so many so, so many, many movies. Well, because like it, it also <laughs> it's just like it would be fun to do art house movies because I feel like they'd piss a lot of people off. But the Color Wheel is a black and white movie about a brother and sister who are way too close, and then at the and they fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I love how many art house movies are just like incest. Let's explore it. They also like go to a flea market and part of the movie and just like look at little mammy figurines for Ew. like what feels like five minutes. That is like very white indeed. Like, like they're the like, oh, how they're like, I like old stuff. It's one of the whitest like, movies I've ever weird seen. Minstrel figures. Let's fuck my sister now. <laughs> like what? <laughs> He uh, also directed a, a rom-com called Flirting with Disaster with Ben Stiller, which I also have not seen in years. Three Kings also have not seen in years. I have seen Flirting with Disaster. I have not seen Three Kings. Um, and then he directed I Heart Huckabees, which is kind right. of the beginning of his whole... My movies are about people all yelling at each other thing because that was not the case before. But I Heart Huckabees is a movie about people yelling at each other. And then, uh, well, that's not what it's about, but it's like, and it's also very famous for David, for like uh, the footage and audio being uncovered of him yelling, David O. Russell yelling at Lily Tomlin. Like that was like a whole thing. I remember that. I remember just being like, how dare he? Yeah. How dare anyone speak to Lily Tomlin without the proper respect it's okay it's a it's i heart huckabees is a movie that kyle hates but i love too much to do on the podcast i had him watch i actually always loved it too so i'm kind of (laughs) relieved and uh, and sometimes i just need to let myself like something you know (laughs) and naomi watts sang fuckabees which i recently tweeted so if you look through my tweets there's a clip of naomi watts saying fuckabees which is one of the best it's line readings in history. Something that we need. It's something that we all need right now. <laughs> um. So this movie, Accidental Love, was supposed to be his follow-up to I Heart Huckabees. It was originally called Nailed, and they started making it in 2008. 
which this which I mean <laughs> again this came this got released in 2015 so that's that's a long time in between um yeah the basically they lost money studio closed like things moved hands like it was like a constant it was in basically development hell up to the point that when they finally cut the film together without David O. Russell's consent and released it. David O. Russell lobbied to have his name taken off because it was not his movie anymore. And I and mean, I that's, that's, I respect that. You know, I respect that he was just like, no. And like, I also feel after like. After all that, don't put my name on that. I also feel like he knew that at this point in, by 2015, that what he was doing at least the way that he, I think that the conversation about this movie, I think the themes of this movie are still important, but I think that the way that he did it would not work now. Yeah, I agree because like the themes are sadly still very relevant. Um, and almost, I mean, in some ways they almost make way more, like it almost would have hit better if it was released in 2017, if it was going to be so late, like yeah. after Trump. Um, yeah. but because of the cartoonishness of it, but I agree that the the way that it was done feels very 2008. So, um, I mean, <laughs> I wish it was still I wish it was still titled Nailed because Nailed is the better title. It is a it is a much better title than Accidental Love. Accidental Love feels like it'll be a rom com about a woman who works in a, a high rise. It magazine sounds like they were trying to and trick us. Matthew McConaughey <laughs> will be there, and it will be predictable, but it will also have like nice shots of you know fancy dinners and hot people, and we'll all get the candy we want. This is like a very chaotic, bizarre tonally weird comedy that has moments that I actually thought were funny, I will admit. And then a lot of moments where you're like, okay, wow, this almost, okay, I see what you're trying to do. Sure. And you can tell that this was supposed to come after I Heart Huckabees because it has some of the same spirit. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I loved I Heart Huckabees and like, um, it's just, yeah, it just tonally feels weird. And honestly, also Jessica Biel, doesn't make sense as a comedic actress for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, go, I'm not, go, I'm not, go more into that. I'm not, okay. Yeah. So I'm not going to blame this movie on her. And, um, because I think that <laughs> as you already said, with development, hell, a lot of things happened between the beginning vision of this movie and the release of it, um, that muddled it. Uh, but I do think casting her as a comedic lead feels I don't want to say Jessica Biel doesn't have range to be a comedic actress, but we know her from Seventh Heaven. We know her from drama. We know her. Um, by the by this by this point, she'd like been in movies, but I don't. I don't believe any of them were good. She was still. She was in Blade known. Trinity. Yeah, she was still primarily known as a dramatic actress, as a television actress. Um, she doesn't have, I might, I might get dragged for this. She doesn't have a comedic look. Um, there's like the way that her face moves. Um, a lot of comedic, <laughs> bear with me. Go for it. A lot of comedic acting requires having a really expressive face, uh, especially for a movie like this that is very cartoonish and she just doesn't have a super expressive face and that's. I mean, some of that she can't help, you know? Some people just have more expressive faces than others. Um, and it doesn't... It makes some of the scenes where... Which we'll get to later, where she emotionally has, like, 
big outbursts and like switches mood, it it's, feels less funny because she doesn't look wacky. Yeah, you know who would really, really kill this? Kristen Wiig. Yes. <laughs> yes. Kristen Wiig is such a good example of somebody with an incredibly expressive comedic actress face. And also we And can also she's like gorgeous. Yeah. And it's like, so like, cause I'm not saying Jessica Biel can't comedically act because she's a certain kind of pretty. It's more just like the way that she moves on screen doesn't lend itself to the shenanigans. She's a very severe presence. Like she seems like someone, like I look at her and I think heels. Yes. Yes. Heels and like, candles um and at this point she had already actually starred in a rom-com she had starred in summer catch which i'm sure we're gonna do at some point she yes. and freddie prince jr star in summer catch that movie that um <laughs> do people care about summer catch i, I don't, don't think, think so. people care but you know it would be on brand for us to cover it <laughs> i mean she yeah i mean those were she was in a bunch of like big movies but she was never the memorable part like i forgot i forget that she's a star of summer catcher all the time rules of attraction really she's definitely if, not the star i'm i don't know if she's a good actress texas chainsaw massacre she was in the texas chainsaw massacre remake which is like not a good movie cellular <laughs> like here and here's the thing is like part of me is like maybe she's just not written as super memorable characters but i don't know she's never really jumped out to me oh yeah and she's in previous um bad romance episode i now pronounce you chuck and larry the episode that you weren't on <laughs> yes i missed that one yeah. <laughs> yeah she wasn't very funny in that either yeah, I just, I don't think she has the zazz for for comedy. Nope. Um, and not everyone does. I mean, um, I hear that she's good in um The Sinner, which I, I have not seen, so I don't... And that feels more fitting genre-wise. Yeah. Like, she, she can have a thousand-yard stare, you know? Um, and that's not a skill that everyone has. And anyway, we don't really have to be nice to her because she's an anti-vaxxer. We don't. So I feel like we've been pretty, ni we've we've been been pretty really nice to nice her. We've been really nice to her. <laughs> and I don't know, like, do I think that our listeners care about her? No, not really. I um, mean, she's also married to a very annoying man. <laughs> Justin Timberlake. Yes. What an irritating dude. <laughs> <laughs> don't like him. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's a hot take or not. <laughs> I don't I don't think it's a hot take because I feel like um I feel like he doesn't come up in the news very much anymore. Yeah, aside from, you know, being annoying. Yeah. And didn't he do the Super Bowl last year or was it this year? No, it was this year. Right? Super Bowl. Oh wait, Super no. Bowl? Didn't Adam Levine do it this year? Oh, right. Well, I can't tell the difference between it's, those two anymore. It's it's hard They've to They've become kind of the same I don't person. know, the Super Bowl's just been kind of like <laughs> whatever <cares? laughs> for a long time. Um, <laughs> That's going to get us dragged. Um, um yeah, so, so there are other people in this movie, not just the anti-vaxxer that we dragged. Who was also like it's funny cuz this movie came out in 2015, which is like everybody her character, Jessica Biel's character is supposed to be 25 and I was confused and then when I realized that it was 2000 eight she was 25 yeah she was 25 when it was made but she was 32 33 but when she it came just out. doesn't have 25 year old energy at all like no, i did I think not this believe goes back it to the comedic thing she doesn't have playful energy and that's yeah. what i'm really getting at is like the playfulness that makes you seem younger and the playfulness that makes uh 
certain comedic bits work and she doesn't have a playful nature and that's fine. Not so it's like, does. And so like people react to her kind of like she's like a child all through the movie and yes. it just doesn't really scan like because she doesn't kind of is supposed to like kind of, she's like on roller skates. Yeah. She's like a roller skate waitress and like her and James Marsden, he's a cop with, um, a, with a mustache that's mm. yeah he's like a very much a caricature of a cop with a mustache who like talks a lot about being a cop and like his oakley's and he like rolls up and i mean like, he's also older than her he is older than her and that's and that's the thing is like you know she's got the ponytail she's got the outfit she's got the roller skates he rolls in she's like so taken by his handsomeness and he's like hey girl you know he calls her girl and like talks about his sunglasses and that's like the first scene is like okay so she likes james marsden he likes her back he's older she's you know our pretty young thing that's very much the vibe yeah which until is, it gets really weird which is also just like such a weird vibe for david o russell especially considering like the kind of movies that he ended up making after this it's so it's very weird it's you know what this the movie feels like a really long episode of television that is trying to be 30 Rock, but is not 30 Rock. And, yeah. And Tracy Morgan being there only really underlines that. Yeah, Because everybody's kind of talking in a very, like... It feels they're like very, Liz Lemon is going to show up at any point. Yeah, it's like feels very television and it feels very like, you know, it's trying to do satire, but also trying to be a romantic movie at the same time. Um I mean, yeah, so we open up, and at first you're like, okay, this is going to be, you know, maybe a, a romance between James Marsden and Jessica Biel. Um, but then they go to dinner, yeah, and there's a guy there with a nail gun, and James Marsden gets really upset because he spent weeks trying to get them this nice table. And so he's all like, hey, dude, can you move? But the guy with the nail gun is like, no, I'm just doing my job. And uh, the nail ends up <laughs> getting shot into the back of Jessica Biel's head. That whole thing is very strange to me. Like, I was Have just like... Have you ever been to a restaurant where there was a nail gun? <laughs> that is so... And then, like, it, it's, it's in some kind of weird universe where he's like, hey, this nail gun is really, like, dangerous and no one cares. Yeah, nobody cares. It's kind of... it's There's almost this Twilight Zone aspect where, like, they're the only ones who recognize that there's a nail gun there. Um... And then they, they rush to the ER, and this is where I feel like the pacing, I feel like at first the movie starts at a normal pace, and then it's just manic the rest of the movie. Um, they go to the ER, and like, <laughs> oh Bill Hader is one of the doctors. Honestly, best part of the movie. Best part of the movie was like watching <laughs> Bill Hader in like the surgery room eat a burger and just be like, oh, this isn't that big a deal. <laughs> It's it is honestly great. Like it's also it's great because it's one of my worst fears. Because she goes in, they they need to take the nail out. They're getting ready to operate, and then somebody comes running and is just like, she doesn't have insurance. Yeah, and then Bill Hader just stops the whole thing. Daddy's just like, I'm tired. These twenty five year olds coming in here and they're hurt and they don't have insurance. <laughs> Yeah, and he goes on this rant, and then they go back, and then they go in the hall. The whole, the long-ass hall scene is so weird. The air just all, like, dragging her. They're, yeah, they're in the hall, and Bill Hader's, like, basically making fun of her, and, like, James Marsden is like, wait, so what do we do? Is she going to be okay? And then Bill Hader is joking around, and he's like, well, probably not. I mean, you know, she needs to get it out, because um, it could damage 
her reflexes. Um, you know, she could lose like motor skills. And then like one of the other doctors pipes in and is just like, or she could lose her inhibitions, which is more fun. Right. And James is like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. we can work with that. And they're like, yeah, sex will be crazy. And they're all just riffing about what's going to happen to her brain. <laughs> <laughs> it's like for a long time. It, it's, it's great. <laughs> and then her parents like burst through and like, Again, the tonal, like the tonality of the scene is so weird. The parents burst through and they're like, they have the checkbook out and they're like, how much for the surgery? And uh, Bill Hader's like $150,000. And then they're like, oh no, we don't have that. Like, and, and we can't take out a second mortgage because like we already have. And then they're like, but she just got engaged because apparently James Marsden proposed to her right Basically, right as the nail shot into her head, because you know how love is. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, so then they just like, they're like, we'll have a fundraiser. And so she just leaves the hospital with a nail still in her head. And the next scene is them at this fundraiser. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It's, it's just weird. The movie starts out as like, here's this, you know, uh, young female protagonist and her cop love interest and then immediately it's like chaos <laughs> <laughs> um and then the the like the uh fundraiser scene uh she's like during the fundraiser scene um jessica biel is like oh oh no other uninsured people with injuries are here are they trying to steal my money <laughs> <laughs> and it just becomes like a crew of misfits like i was honestly Especially since Jake Gyllenhaal is in this movie, which I, I I don't think we mentioned yet, I was thinking about Bubble Boy and how like Bubble Boy like basically becomes this because it's really like a love story, but it becomes this whole like on a journey to find yourself and the girl kind of thing, and there's a crew of like all people also with disabilities and Bubble Boy is a whole mess. We're probably gonna do it at some point, but like. I was thinking about Bubble Boy this entire time because it's just like, yes, we've just created a crew yeah. of people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, it's like such a weird like group. At, exactly. Like at the fundraiser, um, Tracy Morgan's there and Kurt Fuller, who plays a reverend. And they're like, yeah, like basically like the reverend has like an untreated. I can't remember what his problem is. I remember Tracy Morgan's. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What his Basically, both is. Tracy Morgan and Kurt Fuller don't have insurance either, and they haven't been able to treat medical issues, and so they've just been hanging out a lot. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Tracy Morgan plays a character named Keyshawn, which is like you know, people are named Keyshawn. It's just very weird for a Keyshawn to be in this movie. <laughs> yes, and his love interest later is named Rakisha, which is um not a name. Uh, Keyshawn is a name. Yes. Rakisha never met one. Yes. Um, and I feel like, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure somebody will like tweet us and be like, well, actually, my name is Rakisha. And that's perfectly fine. The fact is, is that this name was created to be funny. Yes, absolutely. And I just don't and know it, why. And I think what makes it like weird, like weirder is it feels like Tracy Morgan. It was Tracy Morgan's idea. 
And it's just like, that would be fine, except that it's just the two of it's you the and this other like the white nonsense. people. And then there's a bunch of white people. So it does feel glaring. And it's just like, oh yeah, it would be, oh yeah, me, me, Rakisha and Keyshawn. Like, and it's like when they meet, it's like, and their names are created to kind of match each other. And I'm just yeah. like, like, I'm sure Very he started cringy. with the Keyshawn. Like, absolutely. It's just like, oh, so this other black woman just like does not actually exist. She is just here to be the other half to this joke yeah like they yeah absolutely (laughs) like they meet and immediately become a couple and it's just like is it because they're the only two black people around like is that the joke i mean yeah because tracy morgan says so like basically at the fundraiser tracy morgan jessica beale and kurt fuller are like let's go on a tour and like try to get let's try to get this like politician jake gyllenhaal to like pass an affordable health care bill which sadly very relevant. Um, yeah. And but like their first like their first stop on the way to meet Jake Gyllenhaal, they they meet Rakisha because she's a security guard, and then like within two minutes, Keyshawn is like like hitting on her, and then she's like, "Okay, I'll go to dinner with you." And then he turns to Jessica Biel and he's like, "Yeah, that's how it works with black people." <laughs> that was like actually a line. <laughs> And it's funny because when they go off and date, they're like gone for long stretches of the movie having their relationship and we don't know we what they're never doing. See, we they never walk out of the movie and then walk back into the movie multiple times. We never see them go to dinner. We never see that like literally they're just gone for like 40 minutes after that and then they just like come back later and we don't get any like that's just like accepted and since you know this is the only black actress in the movie i should point out that this is melinda williams from the soul food television show which a lot of people forget but it was the first cable drama with a full african-american cast so that's a big deal yeah soul food was a big deal it ran for four years and then everyone fucking forgot about it anyway shout out to soul food yeah (laughs) shout out to melinda um and she's and she's great. Like I was just like, I wish that there was a movie about her. <laughs> I know. I was like, she is doing so much better. She's doing so much more comedic work than Jessica Biel is doing. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, so it, it so this movie is kind of a love triangle. I mean, it is, but it's oh, actually it's kind of a love square because. Um, so they don't raise enough money. And so they're just like, okay, let's, let's talk to my aunt who is a veterinarian. And you know, um, animals are just kind of like humans. And so they get Kirstie Alley playing Aunt Rita. I love her. (laughs) I love Aunt Rita. Like, she's just like, I don't know. She's great. Again, her and Bill Hader and Melinda just like do the movie. Like... They really, yeah, they're the, like the funniest people in the movie. And so they try and then it ends up getting deeper in. Yeah. Because, you know, this is how these things work. And then James Marston's like, listen, you know, I wanted like a whole, like a wife and like kids and the and whole thing. And I just thing. like, I can't like and stay. And this doesn't seem I don't know. normal. Like this just seems like it's getting worse. He also just like talks in percentages. He's just like, I'm. he's constantly like, I'm 70%, I'm 30%, I'm 60, I'm 40. Like that's his whole it's thing. It's weird because his character is obviously supposed to be like, this like very silly cop caricature because he talks a lot about like he talks about his Oakleys in almost every scene and like well as a cop um and it's supposed to be like a funny thing but then 
I feel like the writers don't know any cops or something because then he just talks about numbers and I'm like, is he a tech guy now? Like, what's going on? Like, he's like, yeah. Uh, like, I think James Marsden is great, but I was just like, I don't feel like they knew what they were doing with his character. Oh, definitely not. And so he basically keeps on leaving and coming back, leaving and coming back. And he's got like this side chick whose name I do not know. Um, oh, I don't remember either. Yeah. He's, there are also like so many characters. There's in this so movie. many characters in this movie. He So whenever he's like, he thinks that things might work out he shows up when he thinks that things might not work out he disappears and he's with this other chick who is like who seems to live her entire life with awareness that he will leave her and maybe come back at any moment which is a terrible way to leave yeah and we never really know what's going on with her and i don't even know her name (laughs) that's just what it is for her like there's one character in this movie named brenda and i wonder if it's it's brenda that it is because i don't know (laughs) I don't know. And I was I watched the whole thing. I watched the whole thing. And I honestly <laughs> tried to pay attention, but it was very chaotic. This movie is very chaotic. It's very exhausting. Some of it would just walk out. Just be like, I need a glass of water. Yeah, no, I, I definitely did that as well. <laughs> I think I heated up dumplings like in the other room. <laughs> uh, that's a great use of your time. Um, but uh Oh, and there's uh, do you remember this that gag where um uh jessica peele talks about oh well maybe maybe i'll have an orgasm like something relating to the nail and like her desire and then he's like i told you most women never have yeah, orgasms James it's no is just like, don't worry women don't have orgasms and it's like well and like yeah she she has like one scene where she gets really angry and like freaks out and that's like before he leaves her so i think that's supposed to give us reason to understand where he's coming from he's like oh no like she's out of control um and then and then she just keeps going on this journey with tracy morgan and kurt fuller but it's really just with kurt fuller because like tracy morgan's off being in love and then there is jake gyllenhaal yes she tries to get Jake Gyllenhaal's attention in a hallway to talk to him about her healthcare bill idea. And he's, you know, a politician, so he's not paying attention to her. And then I guess a wave of the nails influence comes over her and she just starts making out with him. <laughs> so Jake Gyllenhaal, I mean, now we know that Jake Gyllenhaal, well, I mean, I, my cinematic relationship with Jake Gyllenhaal goes back very far. Um, he was just like the adorable, yeah, sad boy. Of course. He was just, he was just, he was sad and he was cute and he was brooding and he had these like big, like expressive blue eyes. And he was just like, you know, this is, he's Donnie Darko. Yeah. Like he was in October Sky where they were yeah. trying to shoot the rockets. He was <laughs> Bubble Boy, which I somehow remember fondly. Um, that's where I fall off <laughs> on, on the funness, but <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a bad movie, but he's so adorable. I mean, he's so it. cute. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's in the good girl, the movie, the movie where he's depressed and he dates Jennifer Aniston. That's actually the good girl is a really, is a really fun one. Oh yeah. And Moonlight Mile where his wife dies and he's sad. And then like, and then the day after tomorrow happens in 2004 and it's like, Oh it's something about to turn a corner and then he does Brokeback Mountain and he's just back to being sad again. But I mean, sad and I mean, he's great. Yeah. He's great in Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. But you know, like sad him was like a whole thing. And then sometime around Jarhead, something started changing Zodiac. He's kind of back to being sad, but he's kind of like sad, obsessed. And then I think Prince of Persia, Sands of Time is where things start getting really weird. 
Yeah. Because, um, you know, he had no business being in that movie, and he knows that, too. And then there's, oh, love and other drugs, which we should definitely do. Are I you are you just going through all of Jake Gyllenhaal's movies right now? I, wait. <laughs> no, I'm actually not. I'm okay. skipping a lot of okay. them. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm trying to, like, uh, basically, I'm trying to pinpoint when it was that he started kind of losing it. But then again, I realized that, like, this movie was originally made in 2008, which means that this happened. This like, might have been when he started losing it. I think that this is when it, because it was like, that was like. This was like the first, like, it didn't come out, like, like on time, but it was like the one of the turning points. He made it, like, right after Zodiac. So clearly it was, like, something. But, like, and so. There's a nail in his brain. Because <laughs> he doesn't, but he doesn't, like, actively start losing it all the time until, like, Nightcrawler. Yeah. So I wonder if it was just just like we had to wait i'm not sad anymore <laughs> and i mean I? like but this this jake joan hall that we have in this movie um i don't know how to describe like that's why i keep on reading off his movies because i'm just like which what, one of what these jake is hall he do we doing have well that's which one are we which one do we have i mean and that's like what i would like i mean it's it's like different, but I feel like the same endpoint of like what I was saying to you before the podcast, where he just doesn't feel like Jake Gyllenhaal in this movie. Like I just kept looking at his face, and I was like, "That's Jake Gyllenhaal's face, but who is this?" Have you seen the new Spider-Man movie? No, he's doing a very similar thing, only he's mean in it. Is he disassociating? Is that what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> Was this movie so traumatic that he left his body? Like he's he's doing this thing where it it's one of those performances where I'm just like, does Jake Gyllenhaal want an Oscar? Wait, in this I, movie? I what? Think, I kind of think that he was trying to be like. Uh, I'm not the sad boy anymore. Like here is my range. In this one? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, I no, do. I'm not, I'm not mad at you. You don't have to apologize. <laughs> I'm just like shocked. Yes, I mean like this. His like the wildness of him in this character kind of reminds me of his character in Okja. That's also. really funny. Oh, in Okja, I mean, is it also is, like it does a mad feel like character. He's like, yeah, look, my character has sides listen i'm My not just has, like different I'm, I'm sides. i'm not just sad i'm just jake Gyllenhaal I'm has also had a, a very, politician <laughs> very interesting career i also feel like he's doing a little he's doing like because you know jake Gyllenhaal was never in another one of david o russell's movies but bradley cooper was in the way that bradley cooper acts like in silver linings playbook and um and uh american hustle it's kind of like what Jake Gyllenhaal is doing in this movie. Do you think there's like an Illuminati drug thing? Because <laughs> I'm into that. I think that maybe like he was directed to act like this, but I also think that he liked a little bit of it because you can see shades of what he's doing in this movie and his more recent movies. But I do think that like what he's doing is what we now associate with Bradley Cooper now. Yeah, um, totally. And his role is actually now. Think about it, this is a Bradley Cooper role, this not a not a Jake Gyllenhaal role. This is role. totally a Bradley Cooper role. This would make <laughs> so much more sense with Bradley Cooper because I believe Bradley Cooper as a politician. I don't believe that Jake Gyllenhaal <laughs> as a politician. No, at me all. neither. It felt weird. It felt like a kid in a suit. I yes, don't know. It's just, just like, like, what is this baby it's in like, the suit? Go put suit. your sweater back on and write in your journal. <laughs> which is probably why he. <laughs> probably why he acted the way he did but 
I feel like Jake Gyllenhaal is really like losing it in movies now because he's just like, no, I'm not just the kid from I'm Donnie Darko. I'm like, not cute. It's like when a really cute kid is like, I'm not cute. And you're like, it's okay. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. He's totally cute. And oh. he, so like he's, he's a government official, but he's like also like very easily messed with and clearly has issues with this masculinity and yeah like, like once they have sex he's like immediately like down to do whatever and like he's just like so excited to be having sex yeah he's like oh wow that was great <laughs> and then and then she's like so what do you think about the healthcare bill and he's like well we're doing this military base on the moon bill which okay this moon base was driving me like kyle and i were both like who fucking cares about a moon base and then we thought about oh i'm probably trump yeah, no, that's Trump why I, I, actually thought, I actually thought that was funny because I was like, that does feel very like GOP, like military in space. And like, so we've I got mean, it, it would have been Keener. funny if they made jokes about it like four times and not for like 50 minutes. It, it's so much of the movie because Catherine Keener and James Brolin, father of Josh Brolin, both really, really want this moon base. And they are trying to get the money that... Um, Jake Gyllenhaal's trying to get for the healthcare bill for the moon base and they keep on trying and it's so funny because even though everyone's crazy in this movie there's a very clear right and wrong side here the healthcare bill healthcare bill good moon base bad yes and <laughs> like, then there's plot, no question plot arc confusing yeah which is interesting because like what with I Heart Huckabees, you can understand kind of both sides of that madcap where it's like everyone, everything is connected or nothing is connected. You can understand why those would be two opposing viewpoints and you can understand how they would like, you know, maybe hit a, like a level of compromise in the end or, you know, those those things can, they can come together, they can come apart where it's like moon base versus healthcare bill. Like it's really very, obvious. It's, it's like very cut and dry. It's literally spoon fed. And like Catherine Keener's <laughs> I mean, she's like a female Trump almost. Like, uh, yeah, she her, is. Like, her character like puts up ads. So they have like the Girl Scouts in this, basically. Um, Love the Girl Scouts in this movie. Yeah, real they, cuties. She makes like ads with Girl Scouts that are basically like propaganda against healthcare bill and it being socialist and making children lesbians and all this stuff, which all sounds great to me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like I know, I was like, socialist gay kids, great. I'm on board. That's cool. Like, like this idea, this like this smear. It's like, are you? And it's just like I don't support and it, child and lesbianism. It, no, exactly. And I was like, sadly, that is like, like it's so cartoony in the movie, but it's also very on the nose for our current political conversations. Totally. Like, uh, but like, I kind of wish there was like an updated, more nuanced version of this movie that came out like now, but instead we get shit like Vice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I agree. It's like everybody's so afraid to touch this current political period that everybody just keeps on like going back into the past and trying to make like, sense of it. Why don't we it? make the 1800 World War II thing? I'm like, can we fucking stop? Like, because like a dude who created Veep, like he did uh, The Death of Stalin, which I have not watched, but and now his next movie that's going to be at TIFF is going to be like David Copperfield. David david copperfield um he's doing it with dev patel so of course i'm gonna watch it because he's hot he's but i hot. do think that it's interesting i mean i guess veep is really the closest thing that we have to commenting at all at 
American politics right now. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like we're all too close to it right now. But movies, not really. No, not really. Not really doing it. Which is, uh, I mean, I don't blame them. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a it's a tough thing to to take that on right now. (laughs) Yeah, it just seems really exhausting. Exactly, and like I think there's so much burnout, and like, but. But I mean, <laughs> this whole thing is like movie, a, this movie I mean, is not comp. This movie is not complicated. Like the only thing is, is that they kind of like make fun of bureaucracy and you know deal making and all of this stuff. But it really comes down to a really basic thing, where politics is so convoluted that a really basic thing like people being able to afford healthcare is just used as a bargaining chip instead of you know the important thing that it actually is, and it's. It's and the not funny is, because it's true. It's, yeah, it's not funny because it's literally what we're dealing with <laughs> right now. And, yeah. and so it's like two on the nose. And then like the romance, the romance is not real in this. Like no. this is not like it is a romance movie, but it's like I so mean, she does thin. end up with Jake Gyllenhaal in the end, but it's so weird. Like there's like in the scene at the end where he like declares his love to Jessica Biel, she's watching it on TV and then she licks the TV. And I'm yeah. just like, Jesus Christ, can we she all licks chill? the TV and like um Also when he's gone for a while, he goes to like a weird like man retreat with like <laughs> Yeah, there's also weird, like, Native American stuff going on. And by weird Native American stuff, I mean, like, him doing and saying things that feel, like, very cringy and appreciative. Yeah. And I don't really feel qualified to talk about it, but I nope, just felt like I should... neither do me- I. I just felt like I should mention No, I'm glad that you did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's... It's really it's really interesting too because part of the reason why this movie took so long to come out is because of the 2008 financial crisis. So it's funny to me. There is like an a deep irony there since this is <laughs> like this whole I feel like this whole movie is like lampooning the like excess and like power grubbing of politics and the fact that excess and power grubbing ultimately led this movie to not come out on time is like pretty funny. <laughs> it's but it's the movie, pretty great. I mean, the movie itself is, it just feels like it's, there's all these ingredients that could potentially make a really funny movie, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but it's just missing the mark. And I it, don't you th- can feel the chaos. You can feel the behind the scenes chaos in the way the movie oh, plays yeah, totally. out. Totally. And like the fact that this was just like, they basically, they basically edited together footage and was just like, well, hope that this is a movie. <laughs> and it like it seems like rush edited together footage and it also seems like it made a David hundred- O Russell does not have a dog in this fight that's another thing where he oh. doesn't have a point of view no and like this movie the budget was 30 million and the box office was 139,000 yeah so yeah and you, and I, I don't you think released that- it for what yeah i don't think that the measure of a movie is by dollars at all but like that does also show like the chaos yeah um yeah i mean it's just but like it would i don't know if there's a version of this movie made by david o russell that would be good i think if it was made by 
old dude who did Veep and the thick of it. And oh that yeah, guy. that would be a guy who could that would make be good. This movie for sure, which I d- but I don't think David O. Russell has quite the right tone because I don't think right that he ca- I don't think that he cares. I think that he thinks that it's funny, but I don't think that he actually cares. And, and I, I could be wrong. Have to actually care to make this really right. Funny. Like, he's good at making fun of the bad guys to a certain extent, but it's also too real. Um, it's like, simultaneously in this movie, it's like, the the shit at stake is actually too real and sad to to just, like, be like, but at the same time, this movie is so bonkers. Like, the whole plot is bonkers. Like, she has a nail in her head. Oh, no, she's losing her mind. No, she's making out with someone. No, she's... Um, and the guy whose name I keep saying who I don't know, who I didn't know, his name is Armando Iannucci. And I just did not want to say it wrong. So I was waiting to Google it. Yeah. And you got it. to be respectful. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. So this is barely a love story. This is really like a lust story. It's really a lust story. And I mean, Jessica Beale's character gets her first orgasm after getting a nail in the head and apparently so Jake that's apparently what character we, is very good at sex so you yeah. know politicians may not be trustworthy but they may be good in bed uh, yeah um i mean i think people should just watch i heart huckabees um oh yeah they're definitely gonna, you know watch uh just, david o russell just listen just listen to naomi while saying fuckabees yeah i mean you could just do that for two hours <laughs> oh man <laughs> like it never Will stops being satisfying <laughs> maybe will they be beautiful brain worms yes I mean, <laughs> this is a movie that I that I had to do because it's a weird like this is like a cultural document that we're doing for this movie. Yeah, well, like when we were talking, we were talking about it last week after recording, and and Jordan was like, I think we should do it because of all the drama. Yeah, you know, um, and I'm glad we did. Yeah, um, but I don't got think to talk you guys about should politics. watch it. <laughs> oh no, definitely don't watch it. I basically picked this because I am a socialist who watches bad movies. All yeah. The time. <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, and hopefully Jake Gyllenhaal will get an Oscar and not for something like this. Agreed. Agreed. I want. And I want Jessica Biel. I hope she learns how medicine works. Me one too. Day. I I really do hope that because she does have influence over people that are not us. Yeah. So. Um. I'm Bronwyn Isaac. I'm Jordan Searles. Have a fantastic day or night. Bye. Yeah. Let's dump this truck. Yeah.